So I had a post go up on Instagram the other day. Boy, oh boy, some of the comments I got. Very different from comments we got a while back uh, that we had originally recorded for the show that I ended up taking out just because I didn't want to sound too vindictive with them. But uh, these are a little more, a little bit more on the fluffy side, I guess you could say, Uh, (laughs) because I I posted, you know, a bunch of books that I read over the summer, Um, you know, a couple books by Philip Roth, Cormac McCarthy, um, Catch-22, Bernie Sanders's uh, political biography, um, Chaos, the book about Charles Manson and how without necessarily saying it, he may have a loose connection to the CIA and also this giant thick ass 1100 page book about the Reaganization of Jimmy Carter's America, um, which I'm still reading. And my God, uh, the 1980s, uh, or the 1980 election. Oh, that it's too familiar. Um, I even have a little bit from Reagan that I want to read at some point in this episode because it's like, oh, yeah, he was smart. He was a genius. He was an icon. He he was kind of dumb. But uh, (laughs) this comment I got was from a uh, friend of the show, um, somebody who's wanted to be on the show many times. And he's he's certainly reached out to us before. I won't say his name. I I will keep him anonymous. Um, That being said, if you go to my Instagram and actually see it, well, there you go. There it is. Right. But he commented, what the state needs just about right now, dot, 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 and then in all caps, Reagan. Um, And then I responded back to him and I said to quote, and I put quote in quotations, Mm -hmm. and I tagged you uh, and then shared the emoji that has, has, I think at this point, not only come to symbolize our relationship, but also... uh, just how we look at life in the world. Um, right, 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 right. No, I, I remember then, seeing that. Well, then did you see the, the comment after that? I actually didn't. I wanted to save the suspense. He got back and said, dude, I'll pay you $100 if you let me on the podcast. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Are we actually are we going somewhere with this? I don't know. I, I it's wow. <laughs> well, that got me awake. But I, I haven't responded back to him. Uh, you know, I had a, and I had a couple other comments from one from an old high school buddy. You know, praising Blood Meridian, um, which was one of the books in, in my stack, and uh, and somebody else that we both know reached out and had to ask, "Have you read Atlas Shrugged?" Oh, my favorite. <laughs> I say sarcastically. I I had to say, uh, can't say I have, but I have read Work Won't Love You Back by Sarah Jaffe, and it's essential reading, no question. Right. Yeah, those are those are some encounters I had. Uh... Yeah, I'm I'm seeing them now. Um, well, I have read Atlas Shrugged. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it it's it's a decent read, but I think uh, politically speaking, it's I think it's also fun to play pretend. I feel like yeah. if you want to get more out of what Atlas Shrugged, what Atlas Shrugged represents, uh, play Bioshock. <laughs> you'll you'll pretty much get the gist of it. Um, it's cool in theory, 
uh, it's cool theoretically, but uh, well, you know what they say. Utopias, or should I say dystopias, don't exist for a reason. Hundred dollars, wow. Yeah, I don't know what to make I, of that. I, I guess fifty dollars then yeah. for splitting it down the middle. I mean that's shit, that's a it's a credit card payment. Indeed. I don't know. That's a what would you spend your winnings on? Ooh. A dinner date, for sure. Um it's yeah, pretty good. You know, I, I can say that now, but <laughs> but um I definitely yeah. spend it on something practical. Mm-hmm. And I suppose I should delve into uh, something different that, you know, listeners can probably already catch on to the fact. This is a new microphone setup. Uh, more specifically, this is a headset. Uh, you may notice that I'm not using the blue snowball. I'm not sure how much feedback this is coming in, but uh, suffice to say, if if you like it, it's here to stay. Um, last night, and I'll just kind of go over this really quickly. Last night I had one hell of an extravaganza because I planned on my YouTube channel, a live stream at 10 PM, but Mm -hmm. because the Wi-Fi, because Wi-Fi sucks, (laughs) it ended up taking eight hours to download 19 gigabytes and that is if you know anything about you know bandwidth speeds that is pitiful especially here in southern california so needless to say it's 10 o'clock and this thing's about half this thing's about half an hour away from being done so i storm in the main house unhook that bitch plug (laughs) it in here and strap an ethernet cable and lo and behold I'm, i'm never using wireless again um it, tldr i'm spending my 50 bucks on a uh, like a google fi or one of those routers that you can just slap anywhere started this live stream at 10 30 p.m i finished hmm. at 5 30 in the morning yes i don't know if you ended up catching it, but uh, I, I i didn't watch any sadly and normally i i make an effort to but i did catch that it was live when i woke up because i opened up my laptop and then opened a youtube and i saw that and i was like oh what the hell and it said that it started like several hours earlier and i'm like wait it's 8 30 what what's the entire i played through the entirety of until dawn which is if you if you want a good horror experience that's campy play that one uh i know you don't usually play video games but um Mm. yeah i decided to have a little fall extravaganza considering everyone decorates for halloween during this time and the first 15 minutes it sounded like i was in a jet engine so needless to say the reason i'm using this setup is because my dumbass was using two microphones at the same time and there was this (laughs) constant feedback loop but if this works like if, if you can hear me as if I'm speaking through a microphone right now and there's no like uh, outside noise or there's no, uh, it, you know, it doesn't sound wind tunnel-y. Um, yeah, it, it's here to stay. Now, the only the only thing I hear is a, a chopper, but that's because there's a uh, fire 
not that far south of me. Uh, so, yay. <laughs> um, uh, Imagine living in just <laughs> a dust bowl hell. Just sand and fire and no humidity whatsoever. Santa Ana winds that haven't shown up yet. And I'm thinking, why am I on Firewatch if there's no Santa Anas? <laughs> <laughs> like, So, yeah, six and a half hour stream. Am I going to do that again? Absolutely not. It was fun, though. I'd, I'd do it again, but not not in a row. You made the comment about waking up a bit, and I was going to ask you, you do sound a bit... Uh, Groggy, a bit. yeah. Can you tell? I had <laughs> yes. one bang, and I just powdered, th- powdered. I just powered through it. I don't know how I did it. I fell asleep for like an hour, and then I woke up and was productive and I, I don't even know how I did it. I I got to be honest though, an hour before the this episode is was set for being recorded right now. Uh I knocked mm-hmm. out on my floor watching YouTube, so I think it just caught up to me. But mm-hmm. That's been my Wednesday. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I a day in the life. A day in the life, absolutely. Um well, I figure, uh, and I honestly, you know, to, to switch gears to something that I actually don't, you might have to fill me in on this one. I don't know if people can listen to it, but I figure we might as well share our recent, uh, I don't know if collaboration is necessarily, it's not actually the right word because we weren't really promoting Mars on Life, uh, which which is fine, don't get me wrong, Uh the bad PR guy that I am for saying that, but um, we uh, did a little bit of commentary. Was it over the weekend or was it Friday? I'm already. It was on Friday. Uh, We were on the color cast application. Um, I was about to say narrating, but commentating on the Mets versus Phillies game, I believe. There were a lot of jokes, understandably, at New York's expense. Uh, what else did you expect? <laughs> yeah. um, but it was fun. No, it was uh, it was definitely fun. We pretty much spent about, I don't know, maybe... Spent an, a good hour and a half. Yeah, talking largely not about the game, but... <laughs> yeah, so I, it, it was yeah. as if touchdowns and tangents had even more commentary not dealing with the subject matter at hand i mean there, there would there would be like little blurbs of us you know referencing the game but that was usually quickly as, as well referenced by in tandem um jokes about the region yes i think for every oh, yeah. joke i made there were at least 50 jokes about the average new yorker mm-hmm. how they act and how uh, and how us holier than now californians act as well uh, also not good, but I digress. And I had to correct so, you about uh, Angelinos versus whatever you said, Los An- An- Angelins. Angelinos, I don't even remember anymore. I just remember you getting so up in arms, and I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a fan of either region. So I, <laughs> I I'll put yeah. it this way, I, Angelino, I, I just know from, and I don't know, I think. Uh, when Tommy Gallegos was on the show, we might have brought this up, but back when uh, LA Weekly 
after they got their new publisher and they laid off the entire staff and they were trying to get a bunch of unpaid interns to work with them, they allegedly copied all of the recruitment stuff that I think BuzzFeed typically used and they spelt Angelinos wrong. They, they threw an I in there and it was like everybody from sort of the non-corporate LA media just went berserk. I mean, it really was an example of what Obi-Wan Kenobi said of, you know, millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced and they changed it. But then they just pulled the entire application down, the entire recruitment application down because they realized they were getting called out for supposedly ripping off BuzzFeed. So, uh, so Angelino's become one of those things that I've, I've in a way latched onto understanding there's meaning to that word. And as somebody that, you know, right. Focuses on, on the dialectic, what can I say, you know, words of meaning. Um, so that was why when you said that, I was like, wait, wait. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, um, I'm sure I, tri- I'm sure I triggered something. I, I, I was triggered. Not going to lie. Um, <laughs> That's okay though. It's okay. It's it's all in good fun. I I still loved it. I had a blast. Um, in a lot of ways, it kind of gave us more time to talk about art in a way that we really haven't as of late on Mars on Life. But uh, yeah, I don't rather know. than being critical of Los Angeles, we were critical of New York. Well, we also talked fun. a lot about uh, just the 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 differences in the art culture, the arts cultures between the two cities, and how in a way they feed off of each other but in a way yeah at least, they're, they're so they're yeah they, they're so interdependent from one another because they have two different types of media going on at the same time but in actuality you look at something like you look at it from like an attitude perspective and you mm-hmm. realize well I, I feel like egotism like there's no gray area when it comes to egotism you're either egotistical or you're not so i feel like if any dumb shit Los Angelino, there you go, <laughs> would end up going to New York with a chip on their shoulder. Right. Amongst the other chips on their shoulders in New York, I feel like that they just blend in. So that was sort of my take on it, where it was just like, okay, well, where are you from? You know, could have fooled me. You know, someone from someone from New who lived in from New York all their life versus someone who lived in Los Angeles all their life, you know, they could go from one to the other. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. There'd be no. Well, there's also, and this was one of the one of the comments I remember making, and I, I still hold to it, is that there is a <clears throat> there's a sense that if you're coming from L.A. to New York, there is this arrogance and pretentiousness that follows you because you do look at New York as the next step. If it's New York to L.A. It's almost like whatever cynicisms you've gathered from being in New York and and kind of going through whatever atmosphere that you've gone through, that carries over to L.A. So that when you come to L.A., you basically realize, oh, L.A. is just a different level of it's it's the same miasma as New York, but it's just a different shade of the miasma. You know, like New York's got bodegas. We got 7-Eleven. Um, New York City's got shitty politicians. We have politicians that just make you want to 
rip your hair out. Um, so it, it's right. Right. it's it's like a coin in a lot of ways, except one coin's got the face of uh, somebody with an unfashionable beard, but then on the other side, that unfashionable beard's in a nice building. So you're kind of like, hey, there's a similarity there. Um, I don't know where that analogy came from, but <laughs> well, you know what they say about gilded cages? What? Oh, gilded cage is still a cage. Don't matter yeah. how glamorous the city is, it's, you know, you're still fucking stuck here. I don't know. Cynicism aside, it was a I think it was a great discussion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it certainly gave me enough time to talk about uh, the Dodgers, which is really the most baseball I can mm-hmm. talk about. Although it, it did give me a chance to do my George Steinbrenner ever so quickly uh, when the Yankees yeah, came I, up. I, I can't. I know we've talked about it on this show before, but I can't stomach vicarious living mm-hmm. in the era of sports. Yeah, you know, same. You uh, when you spend upwards of thousands of dollars to to rep your set, rep your colors in a way, that's just like you know, no, <laughs> the city <laughs> doesn't care about you. Hate to be that guy, but it's it's one of those things where. You can't be so so gung ho about the area that you live in, thinking that it's given you all this, and look at the city around you and be like, "Wow, this isn't a shithole." Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not gonna it's not gonna bend backwards for everyone, and usually it doesn't. Usually, it is sort of the dark side of the American dream. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, every yeah. Grand Theft Auto is modeled after either New York, Miami, or Los Angeles in some or Vegas or Vegas in some decade. You know, like yep. it's it's supposed to it's supposed to satirize what's bad with it. And mm-hmm. it, I don't know. Well, and I know I, I'm forgetting the name, the exact name of the game. I know it was a it was an app. And it was a ripoff of Grand Theft Auto, but it had great graphics. And but the setting was in Rio de Janeiro, which you could easily lump into that whole category. I know I certainly can, having been there. And and I will say, too, it was hauntingly surreal playing that game. And again, it's going to I think it was called like Gangstar, um, like Gangstar Rio. But uh it was just so jarring when I actually got to Rio and I'm noticing things that I saw in that game. And I'm just thinking, holy shit, I, you know, it's like, I feel like I've already been here before, even though I know I haven't. Um, and I remember showing it to somebody at the time and even she was kind of like, I'm not sure I see it. And I'm thinking, well, you'll see it. You'll see it. Um, and I think she eventually did. I, I don't know. I like I said, the game no longer exists. So uh, sadly, I can't reference it and be like, hey, is this familiar? Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Like even Dodger Stadium. And this was something that uh, I believe Eric Nussbaum talked about in his book, Stealing Home. You know, it's so quintessential to the Angelino identity. And yet. There's a dark side to it. I mean, people were removed from their homes and basically told to piss off just so they can build more parking lots around Dodger Stadium. And, you know, I 
Andrew's family lives not far away from the, that same area where people were removed. And typically they were families of color um, or immigrants. And it's, you know, there's something about it that it's its own monument in a lot of weird ways. But it's a it's a very. You know, it's a monument with a very checkered history. So. Um, right. Right. Stealing home, everybody, please read it. Oh, my goodness. Such a good. Such a good read. Um, I actually drove around that area, too, by the way, uh, not that long ago. And it's the area is creepy at nighttime. Let me tell you, uh, being on Stadium Way at night is. Oh, God. Stadium you want to talk Way. about a James Way? You want to talk about a James Wan horror film? Oof. Oof. Dude, it's creepy during the day. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Well, and there were no cars because there was no game. So it was like right. if a car ever showed up on the road and, you know, I'm driving by like like I think I drove by a like a home, like a I forgot what exactly the home was, but it was it was some kind of care facility that looked like something out of, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, I'll put it this way. It was like the home that Ace Ventura had to go to in the first Ace Ventura movie. You know, he's got the oh. tutu and the boots. And he's right. a former football player. Um, it was a little bit like that, where it was everything was very ground level. Didn't think I'd be bringing up Ace Ventura on today's show, but here we are. Oh, all righty then. Yeah, it, like I said, it was just... And then on top of that, like, all of the on-ramps to get onto the freeway were closed. And, and this was, like, late at night. And all the on-ramps were closed. And I'm thinking, Jesus, do I need to go into downtown to get on the freeway? Like... I'm trying to just leave. I'm trying to go home. I am Nick Cage and leaving Las Vegas, and I'm trying to leave. Imagine, and, imagine spending upwards of 20 minutes to an hour, and I'm and I'm and I'm ranging here, you know, to be mm-hmm. generous, um, just to leave. Yeah, just to get on the freeway, just to get where you need to go, just to travel. I want to say maybe a couple miles, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's that's California for you. And, you know, thankfully it worked out. And even though I edged a little close to downtown, I was fine with that because I'm a little bit more familiar with downtown. So it was kind of like, okay, I know there's on ramps here. I know I can get on one. There is one. It's just a matter of finding. Yeah. Finding where. But. There's too many uh, there's too many on ramps and off ramps and freeways and California knows what to do with. Mm hmm. I mean, I think it might have taken me like 10 minutes, um, which I know sounds brutal, but also kind of sad on my part. But for real, like. My I'll put it this way, my GPS was like, oh, take this on ramp. And I'm like, there are signs and a police right. car with flashing lights. There is no way I can get like I I wanted to Malkovich yeah, Google. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's no way you can do it without getting fucked like by the yeah. law kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I wanted to to kind of get into the the main the main topic of today's show, um something that has has kind of resurfaced across the internet and something that I knew I could get you titillated by having you watch and, and uh, have something to say about it. And I don't really know how 
new this is. I know, I, I, I swear I saw this several months ago, but it, it's like the algorithm has just brought all of this PragerU stuff back to the forefront to be made fun of. <laughs> um, huh. and, and like, like for real, like I have, there's these various, um, historians that I follow on YouTube and, you know, they're not, they're pretty moderate with their politics. They're not, I don't, you know, it's not like I'm cherry picking them for their political views. It's more to do with the fact that they're, they do line up with a lot of modern day thinking when it comes to how you approach history in an honest way. And right they right. they've been critical of stuff like you know how exactly do we talk about what happened at the capitol on january 6th um you know how do we evaluate something like what's gone on with the pandemic and then as of late it's been kind of poking fun at a lot of prager use various videos including one uh mr beat live streaming for i think seven hours uh <laughs> going on about breaker you videos um Jesus. i thought last night was terrible <laughs> and uh and there was another video as well from a, a more left-wing youtuber that i really respect and 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 love reading from as well uh ben burgess who brought up this very this one this one specific video that i know i have to bring up with you because it it ties mm -hmm. in with what I've been reading as of late, Reagan Land by Rick Perlstein. <sighs> so, and obviously this is a, this is kind of a redundant question because we have talked about this, but have you heard of Leo and Layla's history adventures? Well, before today, no, but because mm -hmm. I'm going to sort of spoil your fun for the sake of the video, uh, when you showed me this, I, you know what? I think it's I think it's probably high time that I read my initial reaction. So, Ooh. yeah, um, because I don't know if you saw it, but you sent me the Leo and Layla's history adventures with President Ronald Reagan. And I said, that's right. And I said, quote, I don't even think in this. I don't think that the scummiest of scum in Hollywood suck that much dick. Holy hell. Because really what it was, was, I guess, synopsis. Uh, two kids, like, one of them was tearing down, like, a fence. And then he was comparing himself to Reagan. Oh, you know, Gorbachev, tore, tear down this wall, you know, kind of thing. And then they were just going over what made Reagan great. It's like these kids just forgot to take their meds or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Was it informative? I guess arguably yes, but was it, you know, mm. as chuggy as they come also? Yes. So, you know, I, to, to say that I got anything out of it would mm -hmm. just be a, would just be a lie. I, I, I'll put it to you this way. I, it, it just makes me laugh whenever, cause I, you know, I've, I've had this, what I'm about to say brought to my attention so many times, especially when it comes to just learning anything. I mean, you know, just being a a, mm -hmm. a young person who grew up in California going to schools in this state. Um, but the whole 
you know, I, I, I won't I won't steal the term from uh, Mrs. Clinton about uh, right wing conspiracy, but you know, I it's it's almost on par with that. But the whole notion of like you're being indoctrinated by teachers based on where you grow up, and it's kind of like, well. No, it's it's more like people that are trying to tell us, oh, no, this is the real history. And they're doing it in a tacky way like this, where, uh, you know, just to kind of give viewers a bit of context. And as I'm saying all this, I'm also realizing there's the Space Force suits that I, I have to bring up at some point, which, again, I don't understand what your what your deal with that was. And I'm just like, all right, they're they're, they're about as tacky as all other military uniforms, you know, both national and international. I mean, you look so, at these and you're like, well, you know, it, it's, it, it's a suit. And then there's, uh, fatigues, you know, like there, there's two distinct uniform types, one formal, one informal. And I will say that it probably has more colors on it than, than I'd know what to do with. But at the same mm. time, it's just like, it's like, all right, this is the equivalent of any service branch just dressing up nice for a photo. You know, the, the question of whether or not it's tacky, I, it's like I there's 24 hours in a day. And needless to say, not one second was spent, you know, questioning whether they were tacky or not. <laughs> so I'm going to lead you to that. I'm going to leave. Well, you to I, that. I, I think it's. You know, we we talked about this the last time about how there's a there's an element of it or there's an element to it where it's it's obvious that they're just going to keep going forward with treating this like it's Star Trek, um, and and essentially saying you know like like obviously the space phrases, their catchphrase is semper supra. I mean, how how fucking obvious more obvious do you need it? Well, okay, so I'm gonna. Semper Supra. I here's the thing in all of my Star Trek viewing. Oh, Jesus, there it is. In all my Star Trek viewing, which is going to make me sound like a real Trekkie, um, I don't know if I remember that ever from anything Star Trek related. I don't. They they. I, I read some, it up. some forum. I read some forum posts that I think it was like a bunch of army guys or marines or maybe even air force they were just like oh they took that from star trek and i kind of just i'm like all right probably no surprise if they did considering that's probably the closest representation of what a quote-unquote space force would be you know well it the translation of it is always above always above right which that it's it's like semper fi like semper fidelis it's like always facing yeah You know, if we're talking about, you know, you you mentioned what was at least taken from Star Trek. I know that, let me just check to totally confirm because I'm fairly confident on this one. The logo that they had taken from, basically the logo for Space Force is the Starfleet logo. Right. Um, Like that's just straight ripped off to the point where you had cast members from Star Trek and, and I'm just going right, to use the simplest but, one, you know, even I mean, they were basically like, oh, my, when they saw it, because it was like, hey, that looks familiar. Um, I, I think my I think my point, though, and it, it, it sorry if it comes across as too blunt, but like mm-hmm. 
in the sea of all else that's wrong with the world, what's your point? Well, I think my, my point is, is it, and is it just is it just a bad uniform that we're making fun well, of? Even the uniform, like I, I have to actually get to the uniform, which is, uh, and I know this was brought across at some point as well, is they they basically ripped off uh, the sort of not the standard uniforms, but the more kind of dress uniforms that yeah, uh, they're, they're dressed wore in. Well, they they wore it. These look like the uniforms from Star Trek Enterprise, where if they were meeting with an admiral, they'd have like a tie. But then this kind of blue jumpsuity thing. And, you know, outside of that, you get the weird like rocketeer buttons on the side. And it, it looks it looks straight out of Star Trek Enterprise, which. Chronologically speaking, is the closest Star Trek show to our current moment in terms of when it's supposed to be taking place. My point is. They are staying on target, to quote another science fiction franchise, uh, to maintaining the Star Trek motif of Star of Space Force. That I'm just thinking to myself, and this kind of, in a weird way, kind of turns around the point you just made about, you know, of all the things going on in the world. It's like of all the things that we're wasting money on, we're having to show off our uniforms for this new branch of the military that what exactly is the need for it? Like, it's just, I, it just kind of, if anything, it just keeps going on to my point about how whatever this show of force through space, which I'll tie back in with Reagan in a second is so pointless and such a waste of money that I'm just thinking to myself, boy, I wish that fucking, house or senate parliamentarian could step in and say oh we can't have this we can't have this nice thing like he has been this year you know when when it comes to like the reconciliation bill and whatnot i don't know overall it's dumb it's stupid i I just think Mm -hmm. we've got bigger issues on our hands than i'll put it this way it's gonna suck when we don't have a planet but we have a space force that's reliant on that dying planet hey you know what Maybe maybe Sleepy Joe will make it work. I don't know. Um, but anyway, back to Leo and Layla. So it, it's basically these two kids. Uh, one of them is breaking down his fence next to his neighbor's house. And he's basically trying to make a Berlin Wall analogy. This kid's like nine years I old. <laughs> I didn't really get it. Yeah. It also seems ironic in a weird way because what's what's pretty much been the Republican mantra since summer 2015, build the wall. So there's kind of a weird a weird like reverse psychology maybe to it. Um, but it's just the fact that this video wants to beat it over the head that you know oh well. You know, look, kids, you can learn about Ronald Reagan, too. And yeah, he uh, to quote Leo, he passed away in 2004 when he was 93 years old, which is very specific for a kid Leo's age. I must yeah, say I was going to say it, it, let's let's not sound like we're reading off of a script, but all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it. yeah, like, like it, let's put it in perspective of what kids would actually know of uh anyway go on well and then it it dovetails into his sister layla having a time machine app 
on her phone question mark and yeah I didn't, even, I didn't even make it that far so you, what you're telling me is news to me oh interesting okay I'll yeah I, I, stop, I stopped watching see I, unlike <laughs> unlike you i'm not a glutton for punishment <laughs> oh it's i oh like if i uh, see something that's bad like it's bad i'm not gonna subject myself to any more of it you right. know it's, it's I, I think anyway yeah so what happens is is that she she activates her app, her time travel app, and while they both do go back in time, Leo winds up in West Germany, and his sister winds up at first it says the Reagan Ranch, but then she somehow gets to Washington D.C., which is kind of impossible to do within a within seven minutes, which this video is about seven minutes long, um, <laughs> given that the Reagans lived in California and. The White House is obviously not in California. Um, listeners, you may may not you may not have heard this, but uh, Prager, you did, did you know? Um, and all of a sudden, as Leo is in West Germany, this guy in a brown suit and eyes as red as his tie. I kid you not. Check this, ladies and gents. Reagan's eyes. Yeah, it's Ronald Reagan. Just walks up to this little blue haired boy. Um, it's like an anime, I tell you, except yeah, even worse, really? much worse quality. Um, even the time travel effect was terrible. Like, I, I just, the time travel effect yeah, was so Yeah, sounds like it would be. It sounds like it is. And when he goes back, I should note, he's got a jar of jelly beans with him, because as he was trying to break down his neighbor's fence... He was play acting like he was Ronald Reagan. And as we know, Reagan likes his jelly beans. In fact, I'm pretty sure you can get jelly beans at the Reagan Library uh, gift shop. Yes, you um, can. Yeah. And yeah. I, I want to say, too, they have a portrait on display of Reagan, or at least they did when I was there, made of jelly beans. Um, uh, I think, I don't know. I, yeah. you gotta be a fucking nerd to, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to continue. It's okay. See, I, 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 just, I, I say things, I just say things anecdotally sometimes when I'm just so tired. I'm like, you know, you gotta be a fucking nerd. No yeah. context, no, no backstory. You know, I just, I, I hear you sister. Trust me. Yeah. Anyway, he, he, Leo, Makes his way to Europe. All of a sudden, here comes Ronnie. Uh, and I, I don't really remember what year it was either, which is kind of the interesting part. Because this video makes an effort to not only act like this is accurate history outside of the obvious time travel part, but also just with what Reagan does later on. But... Uh, like they show up and, you know, they're talking to each other and, you know, at one point they're talking about the evils of communism and, you know, uh, Leo's complaining about his stomach being empty. And he's like, you know, thank goodness I have these jelly beans, which I'm thinking to myself, kid. You got an empty stomach. Candy's the last thing you want. Speaking as an Eagle Scout here who's been on hikes, you don't want to be eating candy when you got nothing in your stomach. I mean, come on. What? Well, Anyway, that's just the help. So, so, someone, I was going to say someone's projecting. <laughs> oh, we better believe it, Jerry. Um, but, uh, 
you know, and then, of course, it leads into Reagan making this goofy ass point about, you know, oh, well, that happens in a lot of communist countries, son. They're hungry. Um, and I should note the guide voicing Reagan. You hear it is bad. Yeah, but it's bad. Yeah. Like even later on, I he have. says, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall like you can kind of hear it. But. I mean, I, I, I think I think I've heard better. Um and I'm not just I'm not only speaking for myself, but, uh, right, you know, right. He's going they're talking about the Cold War and, you know, Leo's like holding his arms because he's like, oh, yeah, it is kind of cold. And then Reagan's like, you know, oh, it's not because of the cold weather. It's called the Cold War because we were able to end the war without using any weapons, which is one of the biggest derpity derp okay. derp to derp things I've ever heard, because, uh the whole idea that like no weapons were used during the cold war uh to quote a later president uh we tortured some folks um <laughs> and we killed some folks uh like it just it was so baffling and and obviously it's prager you they're going to whitewash the cold war as this great wonderful thing that you know promoted American mm-hmm. values and and it was it was a righteous cause. Reagan was very positive about the Vietnam War. He said I think he straight up said it was a noble cause if I'm remembering correctly from Reagan land like he got the support of Vietnam veterans because he praised the war. And so in that sense, you know, Prager used onto something uh cuz yeah, he straight up said it is time we recognize that ours was, in truth, a noble cause. And mm-hmm. at first, people were like, oh, shit. The, <laughs> the Republican nominee for president just said Vietnam was a good thing. But <laughs> you, you contextualize it with that point and where, where we were at in, in history. And, yeah, Vietnam looked oddly good compared to the four years we'd experienced under Jimmy Carter. Um and so I, I think this video just goes out of its way to obviously promote history in a very horrible, horrible retelling that isn't even on par with, you know, how people it's on par with how people felt. But in hindsight, it's still it's still showing things as as something that they really weren't. And to boot, I don't know. I don't know why you're surprised. I know. I, I think if anything, I, mean, I just. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's Prager you. I'm, I'm not sure what you were expecting out of it. Maybe decent well, animation, but. <laughs> well, I think as well, know, not, it's, not, it's not something that came out of a uh, macromedia flash. <laughs> but, well, I think as well, it's, it's very, I don't know. I think overall, you know, it, cause it's kind of keep going with what the rest of the video has to show. Uh, Layla, Somehow not only gets from California to Washington, D.C. within the span of a couple minutes, she's also able to easily get to uh, West Germany to or West Berlin to pick up her brother. And uh, before they go, and of course, she's complaining about her phone battery dying. And I'm (laughs) thinking, well, unless you brought your charger with you, like you're probably good. Like. It's the late 80s. There's outlets like, yeah, there's first of all, your phone shouldn't even be working. Yeah, because um, no there's no such thing as Wi-Fi unless like she's got plutonium and a flux capacitor in her in her phone. 
Although that would mean that China would have access I, I, to time travel. I, I, I if it's in an know. iPhone. It's the it's the logic. If anything, I'm I'm critiquing the logic of all this, and I'm also realizing we're talking about PragerU. What is logic say, when what, it comes to PragerU? What, what's the fucking logic when it comes to PragerU? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. Um, but of course, before they go, you know, Reagan has to turn around and say, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And that's again where it goes back to the whole accuracy thing, where that did not happen when Reagan was president. Uh, he said it. No question about it. But the Berlin Wall didn't come down until George Bush, his vice president who succeeded him, it happened under his presidency. So, again, I, I think I'm going after the logic. I'm also going after the fact that, you know, you need you really need to be sure with your history. And obviously, there's plenty of examples. We've talked about it on the show before. Bohemian Rhapsody is a good example. There's a way of telling history and it may not be totally accurate, but if you're able to get the point across, right. fine. That's yeah, that, that'd be all that matters. But you know, if it's if it's not done, if the message isn't transmitted effectively, then it may as well right. just not even be there. Right, and I think, and obviously, I'm I'm I, I kind of stray a little bit away from that. Like, obviously, I want the full Monty. I, you know, I I want to hear what the full the full story could be. I mean, hell, uh, the miniseries, John Adams, they don't even talk. They almost I don't even think they do talk about the X, Y, Z affair. And that was crucial, crucial mm-hmm. to what inevitably led to him being a one term president. Um, and I know part of that's the problem of the fact that the book that it was based on didn't really delve into it all that much. But in telling history, you've got to explain conditions for why things happen you can't just say well it happened well you you know if it's prayer you yeah they're just gonna say oh yeah ronald reagan said you know tear down this wall and it happened well no there's like a three-year gap i think right. the Berlin wall went down like the year before bush lost to clinton so you know and and then after that you know reagan goes on about uh you know, be, you know, the, the goodness of being an American and capitalism and says, you know, getting a job and working hard is part of being responsible. And at that point, I'm thinking. Is Reagan going to, like, evolve into the next stage of Pokemon and turn into Jordan Peterson? Um, just because that's that's exa- that's who he sounded like, like he I. Mm-hmm. Getting a job and working hard, that that, that doesn't sound like a, a Republican talking point from 30 years ago. Um but who knows? I mean, they, they, they certainly they certainly reveal another one later on when um, they go back to the present or you could say back to the future. Uh-huh. And uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> I couldn't resist. And, uh, you know, Leo's like, you know, oh, hey, Layla, what were you doing in the past when you couldn't find me? And they leave. They kind of just brush over this. And there's kind of a something weird about it. And obviously, there's definitely a lot of PragerU videos that have female speakers, but it's very <laughs> right. weird. It's very weird that they just kind of brush over the fact that Layla just silently meets up with Nancy Reagan and Sandra Day O'Connor. Um, but then, as it wraps up, uh, before they have to go back inside their house, and maybe th- this is... 
on on purpose uh, outside of the whole, you know, be a good boy. Layla does tell her brother that she needs to fix up the fence uh, with their neighbor's house. So who knows? Maybe they, they added a little Trumpism in there just to titillate all the viewers that are like, oh, yeah, Reagan wanted me to make America great again, too, which he did. I mean, I'm not even at the point yet where Reagan is right outside the Statue of Liberty talking about, you know, we will make America great again. But it's already right, mentioned right. twice. And it's like, you know, it's like the past. It's like a hand. It's like Dr. Manhattan's blue hand is coming out and like grabbing my brain and squeezing it for all it's worth. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? what is time, Adrian? Um, but like, uh yeah, it's and it's it, you know it's part of a series of videos that they've got. Um, they have one with Paul Revere, hashtag overrated. Um, Adam Smith, yeah, he's not an American. Uh, Pericles, which you know kids these days, I mean Pericles is like up there with Captain America and Iron Man, right? Um, Frederick Douglass, who conservatives just discovered three years ago, uh, Trump thought he was still alive, hell, and Neil Armstrong. So, uh, right, right. Would I recommend the rest of these? Hell no. Um, I, I would almost recommend this one just for the frustration it might cause people as well as just the ham. Or, or you could just, or you could just be blissfully ignorant, never watch it. (laughs) Your, your life would, would carry on much better if you just didn't see it. I mean, look at me, I couldn't even finish it. No, and, and from start to finish of you explaining it, I'm like, I'm I'm bored out of my fucking skull. I know it's going to be preachy and proselytizing. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm good. You know, Republicans may be a fan of torture in, in certain wartime scenarios. I'm not that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, to, on, on the point of just, you know, the, the mediocrity and, and the mundanity of it, I, I, I'll just very quickly read uh, something from their. They're hallowed man. Um, and I'll, I I won't do it in, in the Reagan voice unless you want me to. But um, this was just a little bit from uh, one of the times in 1980 that Reagan was passing through the South and garnering votes from people on lands that were closely watched by the KKK, I should note. Um, mm. Yeah, it was like right after he got the nomination, Reagan went full Trump when it came to just kind of being like, what's David Duke? And then like weeks later being like, Ooh, what a bad boy David Duke is. Um, actually I will do, I will read this in the, in the Reagan voice. Cause I'm, I'm having fun with it. Um, but so he goes over the recent years with the best of intentions, they have created a vast bureaucracy or bureaucratic structure, bureaus and departments and agencies to try and solve all the problems and eliminate all the things of human misery that they can. They have forgotten that when you create a government bureaucracy, no matter how well-intentioned it is, almost instantly its primary priority becomes preservation of the bureaucracy. I mean, that's just a whole lot of nothing, right? (laughs) Uh, I'm lost. (laughs) I mean, I just... Like, I, again, I, I and, and I've had arguments with people, including relatives who, you know, lived with Reagan and thought he was the last good Republican president. And I, you know, I don't know, between this, 
the Prager U thing, I, I I'm I'm just lost. It just it all loses me. And you know, right, right. I it, it says something as well, given the fact that like guy was an actor. He really wasn't that big of an actor. I mean, compared with like Jimmy Stewart, John Wayne, you know, Rock Hudson, like you had a lot of Burt Lancaster, like you had so many actors at that time that are so much more well-remembered and, you know, for good and bad. I mean, John Wayne totally outed himself as believing in white supremacy. Unlike John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart actually served during World War II. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Reagan, he realized he could he could, you know, by basically switching all of his liberal views, he could turn in a whole bunch of people he knew were communists in Hollywood and save his own skin. So and obviously, like, I'm not trying to go start off a, a big boo boo Reagan thing because that could take forever and and to be honest there's more i have yet to learn about reagan especially with just how he fucking pulled off this election holy shit i it's again it's it's 1100 pages but folks please read reagan land it's uh we've kind of lived this story once and i think we're we might be on the cusp of living it again in a couple years time (laughs) um but uh right yeah it's Prager you, what are you doing? But anyway, I, it's it was something I couldn't give up uh, to talk no, about on the show. Yeah, I was going to say clearly, but that was fun. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's fun to laugh at stupid shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm tired of the show is, isn't it? In a lot of ways. I, I mean, I, I think, obviously... It's not like it's everything we do, but certainly uh, when right. certainly when there's stuff going on that deserves to get poked at. Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I like to be there with you, Sebastian. I like to be there with you when we both collectively both holding sticks, poke the bear and just keep poking the bear. Um, it, it's 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 kind of what we're known for in some ways. I suppose. I mean, what is a podcast but two twenty-somethings thinking that they know better than everyone else? (laughs) Am I wrong? I mean, (laughs) shit. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely it's definitely become more popular. That's for sure. I when I see the number of podcasts that are like that get announced or people say, Hey, I have a podcast. Like it, it really does kind of make me feel like, Oh wow, this, this is seeping, you know, like, and, you know, I've mentioned it before, like the latest Godzilla movie had a character that was a podcaster. That's not, I mean, that was the premise of the, uh, the last Halloween movie too. It was those two podcasts. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, so you're from one of the millions upon millions of true crime podcasters out there. What you're going to risk life and limb just to, uh, just to interview Michael Byers. It's just like, all right, well, I already don't like the character. So what makes you think I'm going to like the plot revolving around the character? You know, like, (laughs) man, I need to fucking kill off that series. You know, again, it it goes into what we've talked about before with the oversaturation of 
at this point, it, it's almost like anything in our in our culture. Like, you know, I mean, just you wait, there's going to be more and more content in other media showcasing podcasters. And it may and it's not even it's not even like it's going to be showcasing podcasters like, oh, hey, here's a TV show by Eric mm-hmm. Gaindo and Pete Camarillo or whoever. No, it's going to be like. Here's a movie about Jennifer Aniston as a podcaster co-starring, uh, I don't know, Mark Ruffalo as her co-host. Like, it's really dating myself. I apologize, listeners. <laughs> but, like, uh, you know, it really does right. just, like, it's going to just become a genre, like a, like a subgenre in a way. Yeah, every, um, uh, every washed-up Vine and TikTok star is going to have their own, uh, going to have their own television series. I mean, hell, just today uh, I was watching a, a video on YouTube from 60 Minutes and they were, uh, again, the algorithm. And they, I basically saw this video that dropped on September 14th that was a look back on when 60 Minutes interviewed Larry Elder in 1997, which, number mm-hmm. one, felt timely for obvious reasons given that was the day of the recall but also like there was something kind of redundant i guess you could say like oh we're media talking about media oh yeah that 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 doesn't seem uh masturbatory you know (laughs) which don't get me wrong i i do i do at times enjoy that i mean you know I, i think i've talked about it before pbs had their socal connected episode talking about the the plight of socal media and honestly I, I thought it was necessary because it's it's a real issue that totally deserves to be covered or, or at least talked about but right but 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 you know there is that that element to it that is kind of makes it feel redundant it makes it feel a little bit like oh you're covering yourselves which really wasn't i mean it was pbs pbs is fine but, you know, the L.A. Times at, the, at that point in time was just on a rebound or at least be, beginning to be on what appeared to be a rebound. So um, so I'm fine with it. It's I think just when it becomes too over the top or whatever the message may be, that's when I'm a little bit like, eh, maybe do something different and preferably not involving little kids and a aging juvenile actor. uh to borrow a term from Gore Vidal about Ronald Reagan. <laughs> uh, so, but, um, but before, I guess before we wrap up, I should give a reminder uh, to all of our listeners. Um, and I'm going to keep doing this probably for a while. Uh, Sebastian and I have done a little bit of voiceover work with regards to a uh, couple of kooky, crazy, conservative, Tories, um, and I like bringing this up just because, hey, you know what? It brings more attention to the show. It brings more attention to our our great work. Um, but uh, please check out Planet Micah. I think everybody will get a good kick out of it. I definitely I, I enjoyed working on it and having it feel like it was in the style of of what you normally do on Seabass, just because like there can right. be something haunting or at least sound haunting when it's just total idiocy coming from two guys that think they're you know so holier than thou that one of them got religion by looking at a painting and the other guy got religion by 
seeing uh, Alex Jones's waistline, um, <laughs> allegedly. So. <laughs> well, I suppose if we were to end this episode off, uh, I don't know any last words. I'm not uh, definitely not doing what I did last night for a while. Yeah, but I don't know. It was fun, like pushing the limits of like, uh, I guess, broadcasting, narrating and really a game that I'd like to do more of. You know, I I, I very much like the whole interaction. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's funny, like a few of my close friends around me have, excuse me, started to like individually get into their own live streams. So it's kind of it's kind of cool thinking that. I'm a part of this community, however, whatever definition that means, you know, you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to ask me later because there's millions upon millions of people who do live streaming in some capacity, but it's, it's fun. It's a fun medium. And, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, man, maybe, uh, maybe sometime next week we'll do, uh, you can hop on a live stream. Definitely. Me. If we can see how it works. I mean, um, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. No, absolutely. I mean, I and it's funny. I, I've thought about this on and off since since uh, this particular episode went up, but I still vividly remember when we did our two episodes on what exactly are or what exactly is the arts or uh, yeah, what exactly is the arts with uh, with Heather. And I just vividly remember at the end of those talking about doing my own live streams on Instagram I haven't. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I, would never, I, haven't. I would never do it on Instagram. Uh, it, it's something where, you know, content, for me at least, content has to be shown in some capacity. So, like, I'd have to be commentating on something, you know. Right. It's not to say that I just can't, you know, go out in the middle of Los Angeles and, and make fun of people in a, in a satirical and lowbrow way. I could. I could also get shot. So I'm not looking to do that. Um, so when it comes you down know where to, to go. Yeah. So when it comes down to something like uh, like a video game or uh, or like looking up funny things online, I've, I've been kind of steering away from that simply because of that whole Wi-Fi issue that I mentioned earlier. Right. But I don't know. The PlayStation seems to be a lot more reliable and like getting that media out there when mm-hmm. uh, admittedly some days I'm feeling a little bit lazy. So mm-hmm. it's just sort of there for convenience. Okay. No, that's good. If I if I had to think of any Ooh, I I, I was thinking of closing thoughts, but now I've I've forgotten what they even were gonna be. Um I guess if anything, listeners, uh avoid Prager U, um read Rick Pearlstein and uh October's right around the corner. Uh, I think this is going to be the, the last episode of September episodes of Mars on Life. And I should note this theoretically, I think would have been your last uh, episode. Yeah. In, in another in another reality. Yeah. Um, at uh, least for season two. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm I'm still just as jaded over the fact, but you know, it, life works in interesting ways and you know you can spend all day moping about it but there's a time where you just got to stop moping and and you can't think of a rhyme off the top of my head well sebastian you just need to pull yourself up 
and pull your britches up, and then that way you'll be able to go out and and do all the things that all the young men in this world need to do. Otherwise, it just makes me cry to think you know, just can't go out and do anything. Jordan Peterson, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Here, yeah. I got one. Well, what we we have to establish here is that, you know, when it comes down to looking at society as we know it, it, it it's we, we really have to understand that that Ted Kaczynski, he, he had a point. The, the, the sexual revolution and its consequences, they've been a disaster. We, we get <laughs> when it comes to young men feeling depressed in the way they do. I mean, no one provides for men. I can go on and on <laughs> Stop watching conservative uh bastardizing on youtube (laughs) well i I, not a guilty pleasure anymore as much as it admittedly once was hearing hearing that i oh god hang on i got a i got a good one for that i just gotta get myself ready what jordan it's it's me clever idiot once again and i must tell you that uh, you're not you're not using a Lacanian view on how exactly how exactly to look at the COVID nineteen pandemic, and I think as well that the other problem that you have is that you just simply keep not realizing that communism is the way to go when it comes to COVID. Just ask Donald Trump. Lavoy Zizek, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, wow, goody. I guess. And on that on that cheery note, uh, to go on the most uh, humanist, presumably pseudo-communist, but allegedly and probably not, uh, outro you could have uh, to quote somebody who was very forward-thinking in his own way, um, and sometimes not, um, but still a noble creator in his own way. Live long and prosper, ladies and gents. Take care. You've been listening to Mars on Life. Look up our show on Instagram and Twitter by searching at Mars on Life Show and give us a follow. Tune in to the latest episodes and bonus content from our show wherever podcasts are found, including Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Also, don't forget to head on over to the official Mars on Life YouTube channel to like and subscribe our work. This show's artwork, Happy Mars, is by Zachary Erberich, while our intro and outro is Space Explorers by Kevin McLeod. Once again, I am Ryan Mancini, and my co-host, as always, is Sebastian Shug. If you keep going, you'll make it to Mars. <laughs> <laughs>